reading for this morning is found in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. And it's just this great, great story. So hear now the word of God. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there. For I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he set out and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in that vessel, so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her again and said, And bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and for your son. For thus says of the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied, and the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So she went and did as Elijah had said, so that she as well as her son and all of her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail. According to the word of the Lord that he had spoken through Elijah, it was indeed so. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. Gracious God, we do give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your promise of provision, your promise of protection. Lord, help us to respond with a trust that is confident in who you are and who we are as your children. For it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So I don't have to tell any of you, it's been a crazy week around here. I mean, just when we think that things aren't going to get any crazier, they do. And so just this past week, we've had Charlotte Mech schools cancel school through May 18th. And following that, schools in South Carolina did the same thing. And following that, Charlotte Mech got a stay-at-home shelter-in-place ordinance placed upon us. It's been a crazy week. And we don't know what is coming next, and we don't know what to expect, but we know what we are to do right now. We are to be at home and trying to get through one day at a time. It's been a crazy week, but there is so much for us to consider in this text and how it applies to our day and the days that we are living. Certainly there is no prediction. There is no plan that can go beyond just a few days, and yet there's some sense of us that craves that order. We want to know what the future holds. We want to know how long, even beyond May 18th, will be the kids will go back to school or, or not go back to school, as the case may be. We want to know. We want to have answers, and yet they seem to be eluding us in these days. But there is something upon which we can count. There is something upon which we know and, and can base our lives. And that quite simply is our faith. Throughout scripture, God is a God of deliverance. 
God of fulfilling promises, God of God of keeping his word. And so we look to, to that knowledge and we dwell in that faith, knowing that God is present and that God will never lead us, that God will provide for us in one way or another. So, so we are looking for order in the midst of disorder. We are looking for answers in the midst of uncertain days. But what we begin with is the word of God and how it is God comes to us. So you may be sitting in your PJs watching this service, and that's quite all right. But after that, we've got to get up and put one foot in front of the other, and we've got to get outside in our own family units. We've got to take walks. We've got to walk the dog. We've got to prepare meals. We've got to clean up. We've got to make sure the kids' lives are structured. School in the morning, exercise in the midday, walk chores in the afternoon. We're told by almost all of those in authority that, that such structure is good. So like I said, stay in your PJs just a little longer, but then let's get out and let's do something and let's act and, and move because, again, we are those people seeking order. And if you are marking time, perhaps you know that we are now into week three of the corona crisis, week three of social distancing. And if you are a person who marks time in some way, this is our first week where this ordinance of shelter in place is in effect for most of us. And if you are a person who marks time, you, you know that this is the fifth Sunday of Lent. And in comes Elijah to all of that to speak to us this word of hope, this word of promise for how God interacts with his people. So I want to give you just a little bit of a background to this story. Like I said, it's just a great story. Just great imagery and great deliverance of God just in a few sentences. And you know I love it when that happens. But I want to give you the, the prequel to this story. What was it that had driven Elijah, what was it that drove Elijah to Zarephath? Scripture tells us that the most evil king of all Israel's history is now in charge. This king has done what is evil in the sight of the Lord more than any other king, according to scripture. And so Elijah the prophet does what a prophet will do, and Elijah will speak truth to power, and he will confront the king and the king's evil ways on behalf of God. And so he goes and he does that and he confronts King Ahab and he calls out his sin. He is married, King Ahab has married Jezebel, a foreign queen. And in her honor, and he has decided to follow her gods, Baal. If you, you remember that, that God from the Old Testament, he is following Baal now, a king of Israel. Even set up an altar to Baal in, in their own home. And so Elijah again goes to the king and confronts the king, and the king is enraged at what the prophet has to say. And so God comes to the prophet and says, Elijah, it's time to get out of town. You got to go. You got to really social distance yourself from this guy. You got to go. But don't worry, Elijah, because even as you are fleeing from this evil king, this king with seemingly all earthly power, even as you were doing that, I will provide for you. Here comes the story, right? I will provide whatever it is you need. I will provide for you. So I want you to go and I want you to camp out by a river so that you will have water to drink and I will send the ravens to feed you. And the 
That's what happens. But pretty soon, a drought that has come over the land dries up that river, and, and Elijah must go. He has no more water. The ravens will still come, but, but the water's gone. And so the word of God comes to Elijah again, and he says, I'm still looking out for you. I'm not done yet. What I want you to do is to go to Zarephath and, and find a widow there, and she will feed you and give you something to drink. That's where we pick up the story today. Go to Zarephath, find a widow there, and through her I will provide for you. So Elijah goes, and he meets the widow, and it is as he expects. She is in a desperate situation. She has very little food left to feed both she and her son. In fact, just enough for one more meal. And she's out gathering sticks to cook that meal, and he calls to her, and he says, I need food, I need water, and I, I want you to provide it for me. And she says, sir, I can't. And he says, sure you can. For we are part of God's grand design, and we are part of those whom God will use to bear witness to God's protection and provision, to bear witness what it is God will do in and through God's people. So, so go and get me that drink and prepare me that meal, and, and your stores will never run out. The jug will always be filled with oil, and, and you will always have meals from which to make cakes, and you and your son will survive. And I love this because, again, in it, these few verses, we see and learn so much about God, about God and how God meets us at the bottom of our barrels. And God meets us with our empty jugs, and God meets us with our with our few grains of meal left and God brings about abundance and God makes a way when we can see no way when God's people are faithful when Elijah trusts and obey there is someone there provided by God to offer him sustenance and in return when the widow offers him sustenance she is blessed and her son is blessed with enough food for the rest of their lives this is what God does. This is how God acts. I don't know what brings you to the bottom of your barrel. I don't know if it's an angry king or an angry boss or an inner anger. I don't know if you're just tired of being home 24-7 with lots of kids and a husband and a dog. That, that's me. I don't know what brings us to the bottom of our barrels. It's probably different for all of us, and yet... The promise of God is protection and provision. Do not be afraid, the scriptures say. I love that in this text. This is one of the most repeated commands of God. Do not be afraid. And I think this is interesting. That phrase is in the Bible 365 times, one time for every day of the year. Do not be afraid at the bottom of your barrel in the most desperate of situations when you don't know what the future holds, when you just want a little order or just want a few answers, that's not too much to ask, is it? Well, sometimes it is. But what faith teaches us again is that God provides and God is there and God will meet us in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. Sometimes we're those who receive like Elijah did. Sometimes we're those who give, like the widow did. 
both in obedience to what God has called them to do. I, I want to share something with you this week because I just love what it says and, and how it ties in to this protection and provision of God and how it ties into how it is God uses us to give and to receive and then to keep the blessing going. We had a, a person, a family, come to Fishes and Loaves this, Loaves and Fishes this week. And after he received a blessing from this ministry, he wrote a thank you email. And I just want to read it to you because I think, again, this is how God works. In Elijah's time, in our time, in and through us. I just love what he wrote to us. He says, to all concerned, church, to all who are part of this ministry, who all who have made this possible, thank you sincerely for your compassion and for your assistance in my time of need. I just today received food assistance from your pantry, and I and my family want to let everyone know that we seriously do appreciate what you have done for all of us today. I pray we all can pick up the pieces left over from this crisis and learn from it. I pray for all affected in any way and in every way possible. May God bless us all, especially the ones who give of themselves to help their fellow man. Thank you again sincerely. Thank you, Harrison Church. Thank you for being there, for being the widow, for meeting someone who is at the bottom, who didn't know which way to turn. Thank you for offering this gift of food and sustenance, for being the hands and feet of Christ. Thank you, Harrison Church. You know what? The blessing will be ours. For God never stops with the giving and the receiving and the giving and the receiving and the providing. Whatever our point of need is, physical, emotional, spiritual, God provides. Thanks be to God. So we give and we receive and we give and we receive and the blessing goes on and on and on. This is how God works in and through us, in and through his people. God provides and protects. We trust and obey. And the cycle continues from Elijah's day to our own. Go in peace and know that God has got it. God's got the whole world in his hands. Amen.